bike london buses you wait forever for one and then two come at once it is a managerial second this weekend with two managers gone from the premier league to take up the total to 12 managers now that have been sacked this season yeah i believe although they, i think i can't remember where it was someone was confused with their numbers because I, I swear they said it was 12 after rogers had gone but also said it was 11 <laughs> it really confused me Either way, a lot of managers have been sacked. Yeah, 12 to twelve or 13 Premier League managers have been sacked this season. And the latest, obviously, being Brendan Rodgers and Graham Potter. Sorry, who? Brendan Rodgers and Graham Potter. You said Brandon? (laughs) For who? What do you mean for who? (laughs) Did I say Brandon Rodgers instead of Brendan Rodgers? (laughs) My bad. Oh, God. I mean, that's the least of his troubles. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I mean, are we surprised by either of them, really? Oh, fucking hell. But... Turning off. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> um, yes, I know. Yeah, um, I feel like with Brendan Rodgers, for me personally, I think it was always going to happen. I don't think he was going to be there next season because the whole season they've had has been a weird one. I mean, the summer they took forever to sign a player. You let your best keeper go. Don't sign a replacement for him. And it just seemed like they were really... Uh, purse strong in terms of spending money in the summer window it seemed and then they get some players in in January but the way their results had been going this season I think it was over he would leave and get sacked or end of the season he would have left I don't know when his contract was supposed to run out but it, it, it seemed really doom and gloom and I think if you look at the back end of last season as well they seem to tail off as well yeah, it feels like it has been a bit of a slow downward spiral ever since they won the FA Cup, I feel. Mm-hmm. How long ago that feels now compared to how they're feeling this weekend. But yeah, yeah so it has felt different about Leicester. Like we always knew them as the team with good recruitment. They'll start a buyer, but then they'll go and sign someone else. That that mantle has been taken by Brighton now. Yeah, we could say. And of course, Brighton lost a manager. You would think, oh, well, he can go somewhere else and work out. No, <laughs> it turns out. No. Yes. So let's get on to that one then, um, because obviously it's slightly bigger than Leicester. So Graham oh, sorry, Potter Leicester, was we'll, sacked. Well, you'll get your moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Graham Potter sacked after 22 league games in charge. And again, no surprise, really. Yeah, well, again, I also say yes and no. Yes, it's expected because it's Chelsea and the results aren't good enough for where they would want to be. But also, mm-hmm. you dug your own grave by getting rid of someone like Thomas Tuchel, who wasn't backed with the players he would probably have wanted, which, of course, meant mm-hmm. he ended up failing. Although he didn't fail. Yeah. Like, it was bad, It was, but it wasn't horrific. Whereas with Graham Potter, yeah. it slowly drifted towards horrific. I don't think it was horrific. It was bad. 
like seven wins, seven yeah. draws, eight defeats. That's not catastrophic. Yeah. No, but if you look at his whole 30, 30, yeah, I mean, if you look at his whole thirty-one game tenure, twelve wins, eight draws, eleven losses, so a win percentage of just thirty-eight point seven percent. But I said it before when there was talk about him potentially going earlier on this year. The man has he came in after the summer transfer window, so he has he's had no pre-season with the team. The first half of his games. They are players that he doesn't know or brought in or he may have wanted. He then had to stop for the World Cup. So that was, what, a six-week break between Premier League games. And then they spent silly money in January. I don't know how many of them players he specifically wanted himself. And then he's asked to do a miracle of a job. And you're like, you put any manager in that situation of coming in, trying to manage a top four side... No pre-season. You've got to stop for six weeks because of the World Cup. We signed about another 100 million players. So you've got about a squad of 30, 35 players to choose from each week. And it's always going to be hard for a manager in that situation to try and get happiness out of everyone, to try and get the wins and consistency. And... It's just, it was an impossible task, I think. But I also think he wasn't the right manager for the job. Like, don't get me wrong, he was doing good at Brighton, but I felt like it was too early in his managerial career to step up to the Chelsea job. Yeah, I just think it was always going to be a difficult task for him. But we're slowly beginning yeah. to learn. It's it's all about Todd Bowley at Chelsea. Yeah. You are the manager, but yet you mm-hmm. don't get much of a say in the players. I'm not convinced that Graham Potter wanted the likes of Modric, Madwek. Actually, Madwek, maybe I could understand that one. But he didn't play him? Yeah. No. Like, if you think about it, he came in uh, September. None of the scouting team he would have known and been able to work with that quickly over a three, four-month period to get a list of players. Like, I would imagine the scouting network had a list of players already that they were thinking about. And then just like suggested names for top bowling. He said, I don't know when the one guy came in that they got from Brighton. Was it Paul Wynn Stanley? Then he came in before. So so he knew someone. That's There's one person. But not like a vast mirroring of time. Yeah, but it was never good. It just seemed off really from the start, which is the same for Graham Potter because he's a very good manager. And I'm happy to go on record and say that I genuinely think wherever he goes next, he does well. Yeah, I think many people think if he goes back down to like a, a mid-table Premier League side... Um, if only there was a job available right now that actually would probably suit him. Yes. Um, then I think we'll see him do really well at his next job. And obviously that one you're speaking about is uh, the Leicester City job. Yeah, but I also believe if he holds out to the summer, he could have a few. I'm looking at West Ham. Oh, yeah. Maybe Moyes doesn't stay on. I think mm. that's not a I bad mean, show either. It depends on where they finish this season. Mm. It does, obviously. I think they, they, they're relegated, then it's difficult to see him go in there. Because I think he should be yeah. at a Premier League club. Yeah. I mean, uh, if we look at the latest Skyons, he's current favourite to be the latest uh, manager. That's that just a one-to-one favourite. That, what that is, what they would do there. That's an yeah. easy one. 
We don't actually know what Leicester are doing. We know what Chelsea are doing for the rest of the season. They're sticking with a guy who was his assistant with even less experience than Graham Potter at managing at big clubs. Yeah. In uh, Bruno's or at least we, be- we believe that's happening because there's all the rumours now of them targeting Julian Nagelsmann. Yeah, there's been a few names thrown into the hat already for uh, Chelsea, Nagelsmann being obviously the main one because considering that he uh, left Bayern over the international break. And that would kind of make sense, but if we're going on the same special as we was just with Thomas um, Graham Potter and saying how much say does he have in transfers and the players, why as a manager would you go there if you're practically just being uh, hamstrung into players you've got and possibly the selection you have to make in the 11 and also because i won't be wrong but i'm going off what i read and also see they're not too mm-hmm. different in styles no so and if you think about it the, before yeah. he was at bayern he didn't really manage a top bundesliga side or a top european side had he nagelsmann that's a bit rude to Leipzig. <laughs> I mean, Champions League semi-finals. Yeah, but in the grand scheme of Bundesliga history, I know what you mean. Yeah, a big team in that sense. So yeah, I feel like it's very similar styles and way with that. Um, but I always say, like, if you're not having the choice of who you bring in and who has to, because I don't know, Todd Bowley may have final say on the eleven selection. You don't know. But if that is the case, then why would you want to go manage there? Yeah, there's that, but there's also the other side of it where you could say, well, the best coaches do wonders with what they've got. Oh, yeah, 100% they do. But for all we know, we don't know some of it happened beyond the scenes. The players just not giving into what he was asking of them. Could they just not get it? Because that's what it felt like times watching on Saturday. <laughs> mm. I'm having to hold off on that for a bit. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know what you Hurry mean. It, it does feel like we were left wondering as to what it is they were doing and how many of them uh, liked his tactics and this, that and the other. You are left scratching your heads at that situation. You're looking at but, players being played out of position. Or at least yeah. that's what it seemed like from the outside. Mm. I mean, 10 games left for them now for the rest of the season. Obviously, they're still in the Champions League as well. So, uh, Bruno Sansa to do still... the Roberto Di Matteo. <laughs> I mean, there's still a lot to play for for Chelsea this season. But yeah, um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do the rest of this season and who gets the uh, eventual appointment. But let's go on to the games then this weekend because I feel like that's enough managerial talk in that sense. I don't know. There's still more I can go to, but we have to go for the game itself. Yeah. Is it just easy to start start Chelsea? Yeah, I mean, we might as well carry on in that sense. Um, How are you feeling then under Unai Emery's Barmy Army? That's all right, isn't it? There's nothing too much to be excited about in the grand scheme of things, really. It's only ninth. Come on, we're not we're not going to get Europe. 
Yes, there's no chance of that happening, surely. Yeah, there is absolutely no chance, but then again, maybe I, I, I don't know, really. I forgot to tell you. Yeah. I lie! <laughs> oh, for God's sake. I saw it over the weekend because it's all the, the wrestling going on. And yeah, save that one. Mm. I lie! <laughs> we are coming. <laughs> Something is happening. Something in the water. Did you see them? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely fantastic performance from uh, the really quality side. I mean, we're speaking about it on Friday that there's the chance of them outplaying Chelsea and looking better, and I think they did. We were so well drilled. I've never mm-hmm. seen a Villa team look so good defensively. <laughs> this is why I, yeah. I'm allowed to get overexcited a little bit. This doesn't happen. I mean, this it is also the, helps this that, was also uh, this was what this game was was the annual one where the fans think, oh, we should win this one. You know, we win this, we'll be up there, and they never do, ever. Yeah, <laughs> they, they actually won it. You know why you also won it? Who wasn't in the starting eleven? Um, I'm actually sure, actually. <laughs> Mr. Bailey. Oh, I don't, yeah. <laughs> no, he came on at the end and he actually don't care. If anything, this was probably oh, serious yeah, to him. Because yeah. I think on the counter, him running the, that defence, I think actually he could have had a bit of fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 2-0 victory for the Villa. Um, Ollie Watkins and John McGinn with the goals. Those two. I mean, I feel... Like, compared those yeah. two at the start of the season, how we saw them, under another manager who I refuse to name anymore because it's becoming a bingo card. <laughs> just endlessly there. I refuse to do it. That name is now redacted for the rest of the season. If I say it, you have to end the call now. Podcast ends. That's fine by me. Oh, Like These two, under Unai Emery, rejuvenated. Mm-hmm. Definitely, uh, you can see new uh, life has been brought into them massively, and sometimes you do just need that a new manager to help rejuvenate and give players encouragement. I think Watkins is on double figures now since every came in for goals. That's incredible, and he broke another record like five away games in a row scoring. Never happens. <laughs> Any Villa player, there's a player there. If only there was a manager out there who just didn't see it. <laughs> oh gosh but yeah um, I think we all knew the alarm bells and uh, Potter's time would be up as soon as that full time whistle went I, I wasn't 100% on it personally because actually they weren't awful they had 20 shots no yeah, but it my wasn't god are they too that's not yeah. his fault they can't finish Mudrick mm. was through on goal yeah, he's again. I couldn't believe it. Even, at the time, I was like, "Yeah, that's a goal," and he just decided to shoot like at least two touches before he should have. Yeah, again, hundred million pound player, a couple of months into the country, he's struggling a bit, but Confidence. he should be doing better in those situations. I think with Mudrick, I've thought about this over the weekend. As a new player coming into a new country. When you've been in a country that's at war, 
the, the environment is so different when you think oh, yeah. about it. And right now, how everything is at Chelsea, it's probably not the ideal one to go straight into. If it goes into Arsenal, like as was expected, which is in a mm-hmm. vastly different mindset right now, they're all happy. It's a great dressing room to be in. I think you'd have been loving it. I think you'd, we'd be saying a different player. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. And I think you are right. The type of environment that Chelsea were in, there's all, all a lot of question marks over Potter, even in the January window. You are thinking that's not the best place to come settle, relax. and It's bad enough you've got the pressure happy again. of being a £100 million player almost. But I think at mm-hmm. Arsenal, under Mikel Arteta, he would have at least been told to deal with that a lot better, I believe. Yeah, they, I don't think there would be as much pressure on him to be shining straight away, where I feel like Chelsea needed that type of player in straight away. And you have to look at Trossard. Immediate pressure on him. That's it. Yeah. Trossard absolutely flourishing. And wasn't it Arsenal only Sunday because they missed out on Mudrick? I think it probably was, yeah, because they're similar positions. So... Yeah, so you look at the two and you're like, well, it's light and day difference. Yes, Trossard has played in this country longer than uh, Modric has, but you still got a, it's still a change of teams, change of environments. Everything's different. Um, but yeah, he's a lot more couraging and uh, shining better than uh, Modric is at this minute in time. No. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um. Right, on to the big game of the weekend. I, was gonna, I had way more Chelsea, but I feel like we've discussed for a, a long time. Yeah, I was going to say that. It was a lot of Chelsea talk. But there's so much um, you could delve into. They could do a whole podcast just on Chelsea. Yes. Definitely so. But, um, Actually, if I can add a last line. Go on. You, know, you look at the Premier League table, and I'm just spitballing here. Just spitballing. They're only nine points off third. Jesus Christ. I said we were going I mean, into Europe. I didn't say which competition we were going. I mean, that would be hopeful for you, but... It's incredibly I mean, hopeful. <laughs> but we are the third most informed team since Unai Emery was brought in as manager. Yeah, only, isn't it the top two that are in better form? It's Arsenal, Man City, that have only done better. Yeah, so... Can't complain in that sense. Um, speaking of Manchester City, even without Erling Haaland, they can still beat Liverpool. Yeah, and some of their goals as well, just easy. Easy as you like. Yeah. Beat mm. Liverpool. They, they they saw what Liverpool were doing, and it was very easy just to get through. Yeah. Again, question marks over the defending. I feel like we talk about this every week when there's a bad Liverpool performance, but that back four this season just looks an absolute shell of itself yeah i thought you were going to name one person in particular then because <laughs> you love doing that one i mean he, he's just proving my point even further though it, it is i i don't know what you do with him. i don't know what you do he, he can't but you can I don't, I don't know i don't know <laughs> i don't know how you solve this problem i'm not a manager but i come on here and try and talk about him and say that he's terrible he's not but Something needs no, to be a terrible player. Something just needs someone just... to have a word in his ear. Like, focus on one of these things. If you want to be as attacking right back, you probably can't be playing right back. I'm sorry. Mm. 
And that's why I think that needs to happen is Liverpool in the summer need to invest in a right back that is defensive as well as attackive. And they don't is actually good have cover the for him. Side. No. There's no I mean, proper if you look right the, back that is cover for him. Yeah, if you look at the rest of the bench, uh, on the bench uh, from that game, James Milner, yes, he can play everywhere, but he's 30, he's 55 now. <laughs> yeah. He's been around 37, sorry. So he's been around for millennia. He's old enough to go into the Premier League Hall of Fame. That's how old he is. Yeah. Then you got uh, Costa Simikas. Not a right back as far as I'm aware. He's a left back. Boy, I could see he's too busy shaking hands with Pep Guardiola and he's probably going there next season. Yeah. Uh, then you got Joel Matthews. Thoughts on that one then? When we saw it, because I already it. Even if I was a uh, top fan, I was going to Fair play. <laughs> Yeah, I love that from uh, top flash it has <laughs> you you just score an equalizer and you're shaking uh your opponent's subs hands. I like it a lot. Uh so then you got Matip, centre half, but can't play fullback. Oxley Chamberlain, he's out of the uh door as soon as uh, July first comes around. Yeah. Darwin Nunes, Firmino. Villa have been linked. Go on. Don't want him. Don't want him. No. Doesn't fit. I think for him, bench goes for to... Yeah. I think he goes somewhere in Europe or a bottom right, five right team. Brighton won him. I think that fits. Worked out Radam Lallana. Probably works out for him. Brighton might be in Europe. <laughs> I don't think that would work under Deserby for me. I, I feel like anyone could work at Brighton right now. Yeah, true. Uh, the rest of the bench, you got Nunez, Firmino, both four second players. Joe Gomez, I don't know what his position is. I know he can play somewhere in the back four, but... I think he basically is centre back and right back cover, but anytime he comes in, he doesn't look too great either. He's not no. the top quality they need playing week in and week out. Yeah, and then the other two players, Cleveland Keller is your goalkeeper, and Artemelo, who I don't know why he's there. I, guess, I think there's rumours Keller actually might be on his way out if he doesn't start getting a few more games. There's rumours like clubs could start looking for him. If they're after a number one, they might just go for him as like a cheaper alternative. Yeah, I mean, that wouldn't be too surprising, actually, thinking about it. It'd be quite smart, I think, if a club was to do yeah. that. Because every time he's come in, he's looked great. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, speaking of Liverpool on the whole, back to the game now. Um, yeah, when the side are that easy to break down like Liverpool are defensively, you have to be raising question marks as to what has gone really wrong with them this season. I mean, they just, I don't know, they just look a shell of themselves. Something's been off the boil this season and surely can't be down solely Sadio Mane leaving. But no, I, I very much doubt that one personally, if anyone was to give that an excuse, because he wasn't defending, was he? <laughs> He's not responsible for creating the shape of the team and how they play. That comes down yeah. to the manager. And yeah. he's a great manager. I still think he's one of the best in the world. But are there moments when it looks like it just doesn't have a plan B? Yeah. I don't even think he has a plan A at times, though. I know, we know what plan A is. But sometimes plan A doesn't seem to work as much now. Yeah, it seems like they get stuck very easily compared to previous seasons. And If you get through them, they don't seem to try and solve it. Mm. Like you get past them once and you can get past them a million times. Once you've figured out how to do that once, you've got it unlocked for the rest of the game. 
So it was like their plan is actually just outscore them. We'll worry about yeah. the defending later, just outscore them. But they're not scoring Which... sometimes now. Mm. Unless they're playing Manchester yeah. United, of course. I knew that was coming. <laughs> Derailed. But, um... That's their season. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I am just left scratching my head. And I don't know, but do you what? This is year eight for him now? Club year eight going into year Yeah, I, look, I know you think that he goes this season. He doesn't. If they're still like this next season, then he probably does. But can they afford to have another season like this? Though? Of course, Where, probably would not. But yeah, that, that's just how it would work. He, he is the one who's going to decide when he leaves. Yeah, because at this minute in time, they've got no European football at the next season. They still might not. <laughs> it's like it's like him yeah. losing. You've got players out of contract and we don't know about their ownership future. I, I think we do know about the ownership future now. They're not selling by the looks of it. No, but it's like, are they going to give a good amount of uh, money for him to spend in this summer? Because obviously last summer it was mainly They, on, they suffer if uh, they don't. Yeah. Well, the main summer signing was Darwin Nunez and I don't know what other business they did in the summer. I think that was pretty much it. Gak, no, no Gakpo was January. Gakpo was January. Artemelo, was he the summer or was he January? Yeah, oh Christ, I forgot he was that. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. He, he's barely played, he's been injured, and what he spent most of the time when he has what played in the under 20 ones. Yeah. I mean, that's not worked. Fortunately, it's only a loan for that sense for Liverpool, but. It's been a fail of a loan. So you are well, there. The way Klopp's always spoke about it as well, I feel like it's one that he didn't want as well. Yeah. That was like, it, it just didn't get like with they... the big midfielder I wanted. We did. Here he is. That's not what I wanted. Mm. Bellingham. Yeah. I mean, it, it, they were crying out for a midfielder when Arthur signed, but he wasn't the midfielder they were crying after. Yeah. And honestly, the way it's going... Why would the midfielder they're crying out for even go there? Well, yeah, you, you just wouldn't. You'd go Man City or Real Madrid, like we said a couple of weeks mm. back. Yeah, but if Liverpool fork the money out, it comes down to the player, and then it's fair game. Yeah, but, oh, they get well, a difference. I just, I don't. No. For they me, need I don't see them doing it at all. They need a whole. I don't want to say rebuild. rebuild but it feels like a rebuild. They need more than a midfielder. So yeah. if you just blow all your money on that four. midfielder, that's solving that one issue. Nothing. And I think it solves the one it issue. It doesn't solve anything. I think it really does solve the midfield because they've got someone else in the midfield who then can create, which limit, mm. which then means like a Salah or a Gakpo doesn't have to drop into midfield and try and create stuff. You could keep them forward, yeah. which then makes it easy for them. Mm. But there is still a lot of problems. It doesn't solve them. their defensive worries, though. No, 100% it doesn't. Um, on Man City, still looking good. Going to take it all the way to the wire to try and keep a, a title race going. It, I, I don't know whether there is a title race going because of how well Arsenal are doing. Oh, there is. They've, they've got to play each other. So, yeah, it, it's still on until it isn't. Like Rocky said, it ain't over till it's over. 
everything. Thanks for stating the obvious. I mean, speaking of Arsenal, they do face Liverpool um, on Sunday at uh, half past four. Uh, and then the rest of the teams, like you said, they're still going to play Man City. They've got to play Chelsea again. They've got to play Newcastle uh, away. And then they finish at home to Wolves. So... And they've also got to face Brighton in the spell for the rest of the season. So not fully easy games, but uh, there should be ones where you think they can get the three points. Well, no game is easy, let's be honest. It, it's going to be a challenge, but they've got to be up for every single game. And I, Well, can they, be, can they do that? Only time will tell, really. Mm. But they did well yeah, against Leeds be... in the end, I thought. Fair yeah. play. For one victory, and it just shows you what the champions mentality you can see that Arteta has instilled in them I mean you've got Gary Jesus scoring uh, a brace Xhaka and Ben White scoring he, he just yeah the, there's a real togetherness about them this season and that's why they're doing so well I mean another fantastic game from Trossard as well yeah decent decent player yeah mm. so yeah there's definitely uh, good signs there on the Leeds front though Looking very, very scarcely over their shoulders now, only out of the goal, um, out of the relegation zone on goal difference. But look, there was another result that happened this weekend that really just confirmed it in my mind. I give up. I give up predicting it because they're all taking turns winning each week, which ruins it completely. Well, it doesn't. Right? <laughs> ruins trying to guess what's going to happen, but it's yeah. fun trying to guess what's going to happen <laughs> because. It's a different answer every week. Yes, the relegation scrap, like you were saying, is going to be uh, ever unpredictable this season with teams picking up results. I mean, it is just getting crazier. And I think that's a good thing that we've got a really good relegation battle that we don't know uh, the three distinct teams that are going to go down this season because it's just, it's wild, but I'm enjoying it. Oh yeah, I'm here today. I want this to be. I want this to have at least six teams in it on the final day. Yeah. If we can get to that point, then I think it's absolutely fantastic. I don't know whether we will do. But uh, yeah, All I think as long as seems a point that it could happen. <laughs> yeah, I think as long as we don't have one or two teams down by May, so over this next month of football, then I think we're going to be in for a good relegation battle. I'll start with the one we probably talk about least, or not. Nottingham Forest won, Wolves won. Yeah. Um, Both still in it. Both very capable of being sucked in. Yeah. I I don't really have much else to say on the game other than that potential. I say potential, it just looked like it. Daniel Podert spits on Brennan Johnson. Yeah, the fact that he went to VAR as well and nothing was done was crazy. Yeah, they just go, mm, you can't actually see anything coming out of his mouth, so can't give it. Yeah. Look, at well, he literally motions. Like... He's trying yeah. to do it. <laughs> and why would a player lie about being spat on for? Like, that would be so weird. I'm telling you, if this guy was not suspended for a joke. Yeah, I have no idea. What else to say? If Forrest I, I genuinely putting don't a claim in, 
or Brennan Johnson himself is doing it, then we're, what are we? A joke. An absolute it's joke. Just, just disgusting. That's the yeah. last thing I want happening to me on a football pitch. Yeah, I mean, especially considering we've just came out of a fucking pandemic in the last couple of years as well. You don't yeah. want people spit coming onto you at all. Well, I've got time. Sky on now, and Dermot Gallagher's about to probably say why he probably isn't. <laughs> oh, because, because you can't see any spit coming out of his mouth. Do you see the saliva? Do you see the saliva? No. Just, yeah. uh, stupid. Uh, the other one, I think we could probably get a word on this Palace 2, Leicester 1. We spoke, this ended up being Brendan Rodgers, his sackable offence. Don't lose yeah. to the Crystal Palace team. I haven't lost in months, if what feels like. I've, you haven't won lost. in months. I was going to say. <laughs> they haven't won in months. Um, yeah, the Roy Hodgson effect comes in, gets the three Roy. points. Oh, we're seeing someone tweet that yes. that is exactly what he is. What yeah. a god. Uh, Jean Mateta scoring in the 94th minute to get all three points for Paris. The finish was nice, but I, who did the pass? That pass was glorious. Was uh, it was, it was. I think it was yeah, Jordan. It was Jordan Ayew. Fair play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. And that gives them a bit of breathing room, moves them four points clear off the bottom. I think they're now. okay. I think they'll be fine now. I think you looked at they had what was it, 20 shots? Over 20 shots. As well, yeah. which is more than what Vieira is doing, and this is Roy Hodgson we're talking about. Yeah, thirty-one shots in total with nine on target, and they uh, had more uh, possession as Brendan well. Brendan Rodgers had the nerve after the game to say, "What well, we deserved it, we deserved the win." What? <laughs> no, you didn't, mate. You got outclassed so. by Roy Hodgson. You uh, just got yeah. Roy'd. <laughs> uh, that should be his saying now. You got right. Uh, but yeah, I feel like he brings like a, a calmer mentality and a more relaxed feel to a club than what Patrick Vieira may have done. And that's why I feel like you start seeing better results now from Palace. Yeah. Like he can't stay on after this season, though. I, I, I fear for his, his, just him in general. He's an old man. He deserves to be at home watching Countdown. Making the, I mean, the other pair of guy now feel, and again. He said himself that he didn't feel like it was the right time to retire, which is a bit like yeah, what Neil Warnock said when he came back. But honestly, any um, football manager who says that I'm going to retire now, I never believe him. Yeah, I think it's the addiction. Even to Sir Alex, you miss the He's easy to come back. Nah, him and Arsenal are definitely done. Anyone else after them two, then I don't believe. But them two, I think, are definitely done with management. Um, let's have a look, a quick run through of the rest of the relegation scraps. So, uh, Fulham lost 2-1 to oh, you go to for, oh, I'll, go, I'll, have, yeah, I'll go that one. Um, Dominic Solanke and Marcus Tavernier scoring the goals for uh, Bournemouth. Again, that moves them out of the relegation zone. Tavernier's finish. Absolutely beautiful from Tavernier. Very unlikely, I think. Yeah. And a big result against a Fulham side that's doing really well this season. Mm, Slipping at a decent time for another team to take advantage. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What was the game you was going to go on to, sorry? I was going to go to West Ham, Southampton, because Moisey survives again. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 1-0 victory. Not the prettiest this game is awful. games for. This is awful. Yeah. I, Not what you wanted for a lunchtime kickoff on a Sunday. I think I 
fell asleep though for a less amount of time than it took for VAR to decide whether that was a goal or not. I mean, Jesus what was going Christ. on? They kept zooming in every time. I was like, lads, you can zoom in as many times as you want. He's clearly on site. What are you trying you to roll out? To Why are you trying to roll this out? Yeah, it's not one that should have taken long. You could clearly see he was onside, right, bang. That was it. No need to take six years to decide whether he was on or off. They should just now implement. Not so much the time thing, but if it's not clear and obvious, then it's just, it's fair. It's a goal. It's a goal. Just give it. You can't yeah. be taking forever trying to find the reason to rule it out. Yeah. Like, you, I think it should be, if you can't see within a minute... Minute and a half max, then it's not clear and obvious. Simple I'd, as that. I'd give it a two minute time limit. You know, like, isn't that in the NFL and the NBA, isn't there like time limits? I know they look. Mm-hmm. So it, if you think about it, when they do the um, appeals in cricket and they do the, like, the whole ball tracking to see whether it's going to hit the stumps or not, or whether it hit yeah, the bat or pad, yeah. that doesn't take long to do. And cricket's no, like, a slow sport. But I feel like that is better judging the the thing that it's trying to work out where you can't really do that with football yeah. it's different offsides maybe but oh, sorry, in any other situation not... i don't think it works but the, the like two minute time frame i think is enough that should be the maximum yeah. you're taking yeah it shouldn't take you if it's taking you longer than two minutes if it was closer like than what it was i could probably understand but it just wasn't close no it was just very what is they were just trying anyone... to find a reason to say, well, that guy behind him's interfering, but he isn't. Yeah, they were they were definitely trying to find a way of ruling it out rather than uh, allowing the goal to stand, which shouldn't be what they're doing. Like, just look, is he offside? No goal. Yeah, stop trying to nitpick every last little possible detail regarding it and we want you to do your job but you're trying to do your job too hard now Mm -hmm. yeah i think there's any other well run through the rest of them that we missed out did we miss out on brighton free brighton for free yeah crazy crazy game there Um, do you know what i predicted in the super six that this is exactly how it was going to go Although I went free to, to Brighton. So, not exactly then. <laughs> well, no, it, close. But not many people would have gone for a high scorer in this, I don't think. I can't even remember what I went with for that. But, yeah. Um... No one's got crazy enough to go for something mad in Super 6. Um, I only went with 1-1, one, one, actually. Exactly. <laughs> no, See what I mean? One, one. That's what I meant, obviously. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Mm. Good game. Um... <laughs> Very good game. Is that, is that the Uber Saturday game we missed? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Only other game we spoke about is Man United losing 2 0 to Newcastle. We said on Friday, if you're not going to skip that, lose... if you want. No, just go for it. Just go for it. it. Um, no, yeah. no, no, we should. No, no, just skip. We've we got to skip. There's no time to talk about it whatsoever. <laughs> I'll happily hold my hands up. We were poor. Um, Credit to Newcastle getting the goals when they needed to. And 
it's just showing how you know heavily United are on uh, Casemiro because he just seems to how have you become one man something. Team? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, uh, I don't know when he's back. Uh, it's got to be soon, and it feels 15th. like he's been out for a while. 15th of April. It's four games he has to miss because it was his second red card of the season. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, so he gets sent off against Southampton and then... Okay, so there should be after next week or this week. Uh, I don't know how many games United have gotten to. I don't don't know what game he's back I'm changing the narrative because Casemiro isn't the reason you've lost this. If the reason no. is the likes of Rashford, Fernandez are all just non-existent. Yeah, it was really poor from United's forward line, and yeah, there was a lot of question marks around it. I mean, that's now three Premier League games in a row that United haven't scored in. There's also Slipping another. Away. There's also another pretty big reason, and he's playing at number nine for you. About their cost. Why are they trying to build the team around him? He doesn't do anything. No. He Apart might do something pressing, off the ball, but what's that going to do? Yeah, you need him to score goals. goals? Yeah. You're still Rashford he back just, out wide and he shits again? Yeah, he, for me, I just... I don't understand what they're caused. Apart from pressing, I don't know what else he's meant to fine, do. But that's not going to win you a game. And that's Unless not you can what add a goal his to it, And he's not doing it? Yeah. Your strikers, or your number nine, main job shouldn't be pressing. It's, it's to score goals. Simple yeah. as. Pressing and everything else. At least you've got the wide players who are good enough to do it, but Rashford doesn't do it as much from out wide, unfortunately. He has his he moments, is, and he looked great he is, in it. But it didn't happen. Yeah, but even still, that should his primary target is to put the ball in the back of the net. That's his yeah. main job. It is. Everything else to Val Vegas is secondary. Where, yeah. Whoever your manager is, however they play, your main job is to put the ball in the back of the net so you're not reliant on everyone else. Yes, the likes of Fernandez, Anthony, Martial, Sancho, Rashford, they can chip in with the goals. But the main person that should be scoring it is that number nine. It is. And I do believe you know, he'd rectify that issue in the summer, whether it's Harry Kane, Victor, or Simhan. I don't think who knows? I don't um, know. If you don't sign a, an also, actual proper striker in the summer, then that's an issue. Yeah, 100%. You can't you, be... You ain't involved in any title into... races without a proper goal-scoring striker. Yeah. Unless they just move Rashford up there permanently, it, which I don't see. It's a very simple issue. Yeah, I don't see Ten Hag doing that, personally. I think they will look to buy someone, whether it be those names I mentioned or like, another one. We, do, we did talk about it. I just go, is Garnacho ready? Obviously, he's injured now, but would he be ready in the summer? Do you move either a Sancho or an Anthony to the other side? Because it just feels bad that one of them doesn't play. But Sancho was getting something going, and then his momentum's been derailed again. Yeah. For me, if we're going to stick with we don't bring in a forward, I think I would go Rashford up to where their course is, and then go... Sancho on the left, Anthony on the right, and allow Garnacho to continue to develop. Keep him amongst the first team and on the bench. Don't loan him out. You've got another one as well, Pelestri, but I guess he goes out on loan in the summer. Wasn't that rumoured already? 
there's been a lot of talk over Palestri's future, um, whether Ten Hag wants to keep him or allow him to go out on loan. Same you with Ansu as well. You got. I also that bring situation. into the equation someone like Ahmad Diallo is out on loan doing okay at Sunderland. Yes. So we've got an abundance of good young wide players, 25 and under, because I'm not too sure how old uh, Sancho is. Uh, so 23 or something. Uh, 23, yeah. That's why I said 25 and under just to keep myself safe because I know he's not 25. <laughs> oh, um, so, so we've got a good uh, amount of players that can play out wide. Uh, so that shouldn't be the issue. It is who do you put up top? Do you simply go, Rashford, you're on now, our main target man and our main finisher? Or do you go out and buy, like you say, uh, Victor Osman, Harry Kane, uh, Erasmus Hoyland, who's absolutely killing it at Atalanta mm-hmm. this season, the young Danish striker who I was doing well very, in, very keen on bringing. Doing well in international football as well, so top goal scorer. Yeah. Yeah, I would bring him in in a heartbeat. Like, he looks really good, and I feel like he would fit this Ten Hag style of play. That's um, a very yeah. big risk, considering. It's, I think. it's one of them where... It's always one you'd rather again, see him at a mid-table Premier team first, and then you pounce. But do you, if you're Man United, do you want to gamble on lose? Say you could get him for about Depends 30, 40 million this summer. Say if you get him 30, 40 million this summer, or if you wait three, four years and then have to pay 60 to 100 million. Yeah, true. I'd, like 30 million, I think, is probably a max. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let's move on to Newcastle a bit because you get to speak on them positively. Really good result for them. Moves them up into third place oh, uh, on goal difference. And yeah, much the better side in this one. And full credit to Eddie Howe to get his team playing like that. Uh, absolutely superb of uh, Newcastle to do that. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think you can't be looking too past them uh, in that sense because it was only felt like a few weeks ago we were saying, are Newcastle going to uh, slip away and drop out of uh, European football? But no, they've managed to rectify it and are looking uh, a lot better now than what they were Um a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. And all it took was Alexander Isak. Yeah. Who who would have thought it? But uh, in way, I, it wasn't gone. so much him in this one, was it? It was the locks of Willock having a very good game, I thought. Sam Maxman was yeah. causing Dallow problems. He might not have done much yeah. to get like into the ways of getting past him, but he was he was causing an issue. He was making him think. Yeah. And then who else was over the days ago? Jimerez, I thought, Bruno. did okay. Yeah, Bruno Jimerez yeah. was really good. Dan Byrne had Anthony on strings. <laughs> yeah. I also think uh, Trippier at Fork as well uh, on the right side was really good for mm. them. I think they all did well like, defensively. Bartman, yeah. Shea, and this is where I now talk about Sven Bartman because did you see his post-match interview for Via Play? It was the Dutch... No, I haven't. I think it was, was for Dutch TV. And I'm still not confirmed whether, whether this is actually real. Did he, did he have a post-match interview with Frank De Boer? Uh, I think he made... He stood there with Frank De Boer, whether he's photoshopped in or not. He looked photoshopped. <laughs> just that's how odd it looked. He just stood there next to him. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can find a picture of it to tell you whether it was. Uh, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's so weird, isn't it? I've not seen any vid clip. 
But yeah, I don't know. I think no, there's because there's a picture underneath where you can see Paul uh, holding a microphone towards uh, Botman. So yeah, how far he has fallen since failing at Crystal Palace? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a shocker. Um, before we head over to well, there's still one Premier League game tonight: uh, Everton versus Spurs. I completely I can't wait for this one. This will be class. I feel. So much Spurs on the line, need both of them. Yeah, Spurs need a bit of rejuvenation after the crazy few weeks they've had with Conte leaving and now Stellini being in charge for the rest of the season. And obviously, Fabio Paratici stepping away from managing director of football, whatever the fuck that means. Uh, Which we've got <laughs> What the fuck does managing director of football mean? Is that, it's not director He's of managing football, the director of football. He... <laughs> Who the hell's the director of football then? I don't know, but he's not being managed anymore. Exactly. And then Everton need the victory to... Oh, yeah, to be fair. And Everton need the points to get out of the relegation zone. So, yeah, it should be a very big clash uh, this evening. A win for Spurs would actually put them into the top four, uh, moving them to third place, which would seem crazy with how their season's going. And a victory for Everton would move them up to 13th place. That's how close the bottom five or seven teams are yeah. uh, final bit on premier league football because there has been a tweet uh, from ben jacobs a very good journalist uh, speaking on the manchester united ownership and it said man united suitors expect to hear back from rain group this week to get clarity on the next steps of the process things largely still on track despite the second bids of sheikh jassim and Sir Jim ratcliffe coming in slightly late Quick second bid deadline after meetings at Old Trafford has allowed for an extra stage of bidding if needed without altering the time scale significantly. So, um, again, I think <laughs> if United were to get sold, then uh, for me, I think it would, we wouldn't hear anything towards like at the restart, end of the season. I think by end of May, I think he, there'll be some clarity. Well, I think there'll be full clarity end on the season. whether it be new ownership or uh what do you call it the, the last thing you want <laughs> yeah so uh it's going to be a very interesting couple of weeks on that sense but european football because my gosh did it deliver and we can only start one place the classic i don't know i feel like there were a few places you could start but the classic has to be oh yes well, no, because I like Dorman, but yes. <laughs> what a way for Tuchel to get off the mark. Beating your old team 4-2. Absolutely perfect. 3-0 after Thomas... 25 minutes. Yeah. Thomas Muller with two of the goals. A massive mistake from Gregor Corbett. I only saw... Oh, Jesus Christ. So bad. <laughs> it's horrific. And it happens so quick. <laughs> We shouldn't be laughing at it, but it's, it's horrendous. It's how quick it was that made me laugh. I was like, well, hang on a minute. Yeah. It glitch. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Honestly, I don't know what to say. Um, yeah, not the weekend he would have hoped for. Thomas Muller then scoring a brace and then uh, Kingsley Coming getting the fourth just after the halftime. So 4 nil up, comfortable. I mean, Dortmund do get two late consolation goals. Uh, Emery Chen from the penalty spot and then uh, Daniel Marlin in the 90th minute, but big, big result for Dortmund. Sees them, uh, Munich, sorry, sees them leapfrog Dortmund to go top of the table and perfect start to life at uh, the Allianz Arena for Thomas Tuchel. 
Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I think Bayern maybe are in the driving seat now for the league again, and I yeah. also put them in a good spot in other competitions as, as well. Yeah, Thomas Tuchel, he's an elite manager. He even came out uh, himself saying like there is still. You don't just get rid of elite managers like that unless you have an elite manager ready to replace him. Yeah, and you can see that mentality, and there's going to be a big fire now building under Bayern's for the rest of the season. 12 games left in the league because they played... Right. No, sorry, eight games left. Imagine this, because it's just come to mind. Very unlikely, I think. But mm-hmm. weirder things have happened. Sure. Champions League final, 2023. Bayern Munich versus Chelsea. Can they play each other in the Champions League final? Actually, oh, I've forgotten. Actually, they might be playing might be the semis, actually. I was going to say, I can't remember I this, think... how it went. Yeah, no, it was the same reason because I remember seeing, I think it could potentially be like Man City, Real Madrid, someone that's played in the semi, so it could be the two called Derby. In the semis. <laughs> that would be an absolute massive one if that was to happen there. Probably the least likely, well, not the least likely, but I'd, it could happen. You never know. You just never know. Mm. Yeah, definitely you don't. Quick look through the rest of the Bundesliga before we head over to the rest of the European leagues. Mainz beating RB Leipzig by three goals to nil is um, a big shock there. Union Berlin beating uh, Stuttgart by three goals to nil. Uh, it seemed like a three goal weekend because Bayer Leverkusen beat Schalke by the same scoreline. Uh, so yeah, goals galore there in Germany. Head over to Italy where AC Milan. My gosh, did they turn up and destroy What Italy? on earth happened here? <laughs> I have no idea. Is it this isn't even like an anomaly for this season? Napoli haven't conceded four since was it, did I read two thousand seven or two thousand seventeen? I think it was seven. That's why even more baffling. What? I don't know whether that was at home or in uh, the Italian league in general. That is crazy. Uh, but yeah, Rafa Liao, Brahim Diaz and Alexis Salamakers with the goals uh, with uh, Rafa Liao scoring a brace. I mean, if he wasn't hot on the market already, then he really is hot on the market after that game. Whether he signs a new deal uh, at AC Milan, which is what I think they've been trying to sort out over the last couple of months, or whether a team puts in a crazy bid for him remains to be seen. Um, but yeah, Big disappointment for Napoli, but they've still got a good cushion in the league to have this odd freak result that they can still fall back on and potentially go on to win the Scudetto. Yeah. Did you just mention they're playing each other again pretty soon? Uh, are they? Have you completely forgotten that they appear to be drawn against each other in the quarterfinals of the goddamn Champions League? Oh, yes. I completely forgot about that. I was like, they don't What's get the league in the league again. How is this going to go now? Just for real thought, Napoli have got this. And then AC Milan go and do that. Do we have... That one uh, just got uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, and I love yeah. it. It's going to be absolutely crazy to see how that plays out now in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, the rest of the Italian league this weekend, we saw Roma beat Sampdoria by three goals to nil. Lazio beat Monza 2-0. Juventus beat Hellas Verona by 1-0 and Fiorentina beat Inter Milan uh, by 1-0 uh, with Giancomo Bonaventura scoring the only goal of the game there. 
over to France now and PSG. PSG, my God, what are you doing, PSG? What are you doing? You're in. They're in crisis. They're losing games. You know, they're top of the league. It's also terrible. Yeah, I mean, however, you shouldn't be losing to Leon one nil uh, with especially Leon Bradley. this season. They've not been great. Yeah, like it's just uh, Mbappe was just invisible in that game. Yeah, like I know it's bad. Booing them, really? Yeah, that's a bit. Get silly. behind them. That's all they want. Mm. They want you to get behind them. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't help that uh, you're missing two key defenders in Ramos and Kimpembe. Obviously, Kimpembe out for the rest of the season and Ramos out for another week or so. But they stood. Sh- they still should be doing better, considering how Leon have been playing this season. Uh, elsewhere in Liege one lens are up to second place. Oh, if I could come back on that, that is true. But also, it's Lionel Messi's fault, so boo him. <laughs> yeah, was it Messi's fault? You know they're booing Messi because of the reports that he's actually not staying there, the and he's talking yeah. to Barca. Like you don't know that's true. No, I mean Xavi said in his press conference him and Messi speak regularly, but that's because they're all fucking well, they did teammates. the best mates. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, you got uh, he's of a best mate, Andreas, still in Japan. What's but, that? Yeah. Reports Messi's going to Gerard Piquet's little football tournament <laughs> because they're best mates. <laughs> Who would have thought it? Yeah, a friend going to see a friend. Who knew? <laughs> yes. Anyway, the rest of Liege 1. Lens are up to second after beating Rennes by one goal to nil and the fact that Marseille drew 1-1 against Montpellier on Friday. So imagine Lens, the best, second best team in Liege 1 at the moment on goal difference, that is. They've scored two more goal, uh, two better goal difference than Marseille. Uh, I'll be rooting for them in this. Like, no offense to Marseille, yeah. nice if they win it, just anyone but PSG. Yes, I'm all here for the PSG uh, downfall. Exactly, and the will still bar me. Army is back up after they won three nil against uh, Nantes this past weekend with Alexis Flips scoring uh, two goals there. So, a uh, good result. All right, seeing the table, Lil. they're they're six points off fifth. Right which is the Europa Conference League price by the looks of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, it like, is. That would, that would be astonishing if they got that. Yeah, I mean, that was absolutely brilliant for them. And don't write it off, still plenty can happen uh, across the leagues. And finally, off to Spain. Because uh, Barcelona, just given the title already, for fuck's sake. There's that, but it still somehow wasn't the biggest talking point. Uh, mm. that whole weekend because carrying Benzema did carrying Benzema things. Yeah, uh, before we get on to him, let me just tell people the Barcelona result. They won 4-0 against Alche Lewandowski with a brace. I think he's pretty much got the Pachichi wrapped up now. I don't know how close... seen that. Those stats. Uh, well, Benzema's hat-trick has kept him in close touch because he's on 14 goals now. Uh, Lewandowski's on 17. Um, but yeah, Benzema... What a phenomenal performance that was from him against Royal Va- Real Valladolid as they won uh, 6-0, a seven-minute hat-trick for Benzema. Yeah, 6-7. Is... It was alternating a little bit. Yeah. Um, no real surprise considering the opposition that they're coming up against, but hey, you still got to score the goals when needed. 
Uh, elsewhere in the top four, Atletico Madrid managed to beat Real Betis by one goal to nil, and Real Sociedad slipped to a 2 0 defeat to Villarreal. So making that uh, fourth and final Champions League place still very much up for grabs because Villarreal are only four points off uh, a Champions League spot now and Real Betis are a point ahead of Villarreal. So still a lot to play for. And Valencia, second bottom now. Right, that is such a worrying sign for them uh, in La Liga this season, sitting uh, second bottom. I mean, could you imagine? Well, I mean, it's looking more and more likely that they're going to go down, but what a shame that is. Yeah, it's a great club that's been ruined a little bit. Yeah. And finally, over to the MLS for your Benteke watch. Nil-nil draw this weekend. Ruined. Elsewhere, uh, league champions LAFC, they also drew nil-nil this weekend. And St. Louis City, their run has come to an end after losing 1-0 to Minnesota. Yeah, that's a bit of a shame. Yes. Right, um, there's more Premier League games for us this midweek. We're feasting this whole month. I think you'll find. Yeah. Yeah, so Tuesday we have Bournemouth versus Brighton, Leeds Forest, Leicester, Aston Villa and Chelsea versus Liverpool. So some fantastic games to look forward to there. And then on Wednesday we have West Ham versus Newcastle and Manchester United versus Brentford. Uh, So some fantastic football to look forward to this week ahead of another uh, weekend of football. And then obviously Friday uh, is when the championship really gets going because good Friday football and... Um, I very much excited for how the rest of that championship season plays out in terms of uh, playoff pushes and who goes down because the relegation battle in the championship, I don't know what we saw, is heating up. I think it's all heating up a little bit. Yeah. Like it's just, just things happening in football everywhere. It's lovely yeah. to see. Yeah. Uh, We'll be back on Friday to have a look back at the midweek action in the Premier League and ahead to the Easter weekend's worth of football. And obviously, if there's any talking points yeah. regarding new manager at Leicester and Chelsea, we'll obviously talk about that. As Can well. I say, I wish you a happy Easter as well. Why? <laughs> Why are you wishing me a happy Easter that early? For? No, it's nice. I mean, you're six days too early. You can wish it me on Friday, for fuck's sake. Oh, oh. I mean, it doesn't matter anyway because I forgot to tell you. Hello! Right. Anyway, make sure you like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and that you're following us on Twitter at OffTCPod for all the latest news and stories. And in the meantime, we'll see you soon.